Okay, we are in Megillas Esther, Perik Zion, Pasuk Aleph, Vayavo HaMelech Haman, and as we're going to see, the noose is tightening around Haman's neck, literally in this Perik. So Vayavo HaMelech Haman Lishtosim Esther HaMalka. Remember, Esther had invited them back for a second banquet, uh, but it's not really a banquet, it's more or less a wine uh, event. It's just wine, and the interesting thing is where at the first occasion, Esther is not mentioned as participating for a very good reason, because it was right in the fasting period of the three-day fast, this banquet is the day after fasting, so Esther can be a full participant. So by Out of all the questions Achashverosh had, when he have asked, you call a banquet and then you don't and eat. You're not eating. Uh, a good question. A good question. Maybe she was serving, you know, but um, no, she did not participate. So. Melech and Haman come, and it's notice she's referred here as Esther Hamalka. Sometimes it's Esther, but here is Esther Hamalka. Bayomer Hamelech la Esther. Now the king asks Esther, "Gam Bayom Hasheni Hayayin." He repeats that question that obviously has been obsessing him. Mashe la seich Esther Hamalka, betina seinloch ma bakasha seich adchasi Hamalchus betayos. Tell me, Esther, what is your request? Ma sheilaseich, and I, it will be granted. What is your petition? Up to half the empire of Ateos, it will be done. We defined a definition between a sheila and a bakasha that a shela is a thing a person requests for himself. A bakasha is a petition that one requests for others. And we'll see the distinction right here. Vatan Esther Hamalka, and Esther answers, Vatomer, if I have found favor in your eyes, king, and if the king is all right with this, notice, as the Mephorshim do, the two mentions of king, that one was directed towards HaMelech Malchei HaMlochem, the Kodesh Baruch Hu, in Motsosichin Beinecha HaMelech, now to Achashverosh, v'imal HaMelech Tov, Tinosainli Nafshi B'Shelasi, my request is for my life. My Shela see, my petition for others is for my nation. And so naturally, Achashverosh is not sure what she is talking about. Why? She goes on to explain. Kinim Karnu Aniva Ami, I and my nation have been sold la Hashmid to destroy, la Haro to kill, la Abe to annihilate, the Ilu la Avadim Nim Karnu, and were it that not death decreed, but were it that they to say they're gonna sell myself and my people as slaves or as maidservants, 
Hecharashti, I wouldn't have said anything. Because this Tsar who's doing this, this enemy, isn't really interested in the king's welfare, that it would not concern the king. What is she saying? She is saying that had they sold us into slavery, had they sold us, at least the king would have seen a financial benefit. We would have still been paying taxes, the sale of the slavery, the labor force, but this guy doesn't care about it. He that's doesn't a, really That's a pretty care. broad concession on her part, don't you think? That what? Being sold into slavery would be not worth In other words, raising. she's showing that the Haman couldn't I, care less about the king's interests. Haman, if he yeah. cared, so therefore she's not even bringing that up. She's saying, I'm not bringing up the fact that had this person sold us for slaves, it would have been to the benefit of the king. This person couldn't care less about the benefit of the king. Um, and so, Yomer HaMelech Achashverosh, Vayomer Esther HaMalcha, and just to complete that thought, Shovah Benezek HaMelech, he is not interested in the king's welfare. So I would not have brought that up because it's no concern. Vayomer HaMelech Achashverosh, and now Achashverosh says, Vayomer LaEster HaMalcha, Mihuzeh, Ve'ezehu, who are we talking about? Who would do this? Uh, what you're saying has been done. And of course, the Mephoshim here seem to agree that Ahasuerus could be legitimately confused. Because at this moment, he doesn't know that uh, Esther is Jewish, and he didn't know that he enabled the, the death warrant for the entire Jewish people. So he's giving him the benefit of the doubt, legitimately confused here. Who is he? It is this enemy, this implacable hater of the Jews, Haman Harahazeh, and Haman nivat milifnei hamelech v'hamalka. Haman trembles before the king and the queen. And he trembles before them because being the very clever, uh, almost escape artist he is in getting out of things, he realizes that if the uh, queen were alone, he was just speaking to the queen, he could say to her, um, you know, I didn't know you were Jewish. Had I known you were Jewish, I would have never, ever done such a decree. But he can't say that because Ahasuerosh is there. On the other hand, if he were dealing only with Ahasuerosh, he would say, look, she may be Jewish, but these people are evil and have to be destroyed and annihilated. But he can't say that because Esther is there. So he's caught between a rock and a hard place. Why, why can't he say, I, don't, I didn't know you were Jewish in front of Ahasuerosh? Why, why would that not be your... Because he's saying, I didn't know you were, had I known you were Jewish, I would have never done the decree. And we know that's not true. He was doing that decree against the Jews no matter what. Right, but he would, be, being truthful is not really an issue for him, is it? For Haman, right. right. This is what he would have said. But he can't say it now. He can't tell Esther... 
I didn't know you were Jewish. I would have never done this. Because Ahasuerus knows he's lying. He can't say to Ahasuerus, look, um, sure she's Jewish, but we, we got to kill got him it. anyway. So he's stuck. Um, he is trembling before the king and queen. Continues, Vamelech kom b'chamosel. Achashverosh has another temper tantrum. Mimishta hayayin. He gets up from the wine fest. El ginas habisan. He goes into the garden of the palace. Vahaman amad levakesh al nafsho me Esther hamalka. Haman is left in the room alone with Esther to plead for his life, which is what he is doing. He sees that the king has now completely turned off on him and he is doomed unless he gets Esther to intervene. Now, so the Melech Shav Meginas Habitam is a very interesting medrash. The king goes out to his garden in a, he needs fresh air, he's having a temper tantrum, and he sees that his trees, his prized trees, have been chopped down by his workers. The Medr says that they are malachim, disguised as his workers. He's chopped down his trees. He says, what are you doing? Who told you to do this? And they say, Haman. The malachim say, Haman told us we should do this. So his anger is now over the top. So v'hamelech shav miginas habisan, he returns from the garden of the palace. Interestingly enough, the garden of the palace, of course, is where he had that first feast at the beginning of Megillah's Esther, where Vashti was summoned. So he returns, el beis hamisha hayayin, now v'hamon nafal al hamita asher Esther oleho. Haman has gotten up and was standing before Esther pleading or about to plead for his life. The Medrash tells us that the Malachim come and push Haman right on top of Esther. So he is vertically on top of Esther in a very uh, compromising position. Vayomer HaMelech and the king thinks quite legitimately he's trying to rape her, at worst assault her. Are you going to attack the queen in my house? He barely had gotten the words out, the king. And they cover Haman's face. The reason being, when someone in the Persian Empire says something unpleasant to the king, they cover his face immediately as if the king must not be exposed to such a thing. Interestingly enough, I, I omitted this, when he asks, Ahasuerus asks Esther, who, who does this? She says, Vatomer Esther ish oyev, a man who is an implacable enemy and destroyer of Jews. The Medrash says she is about to point to Ahasuerus. She's saying, you too are an enabler of this. You encourage this. You made this possible. But at that moment, says the Medrash, a malach comes and moves Esther's finger into the direction that Haman is standing. In any case, so Haman's face is covered. 
Now we meet a character we have met briefly, just by name once before, but he is very pivotal, as we're going to see in this drama. Vayomer Chabona, Chabona, one of the attendants, Echod min hasari simlet nei hamelech, says, Gam hinei ha'etz, asher osa haman l'mordechai asher tiber tov al hamelech, omed beves haman gavoa hamishim amo. It's a mouthful. Says Chabona, hinei, who's in attendance, Hine being right here is the tree. Remember, Haman constructed that 75-foot gallows right in his backyard deliberately so he could see it from where he was having the, the feast with Ahasuerus and Esther. So he's saying, Hine, you see over there? There is a gallows that he has constructed for Mordechai, and Mordechai says, He was a great, he saved the king's life in the big son and Sarah's conspiracy. So it's standing in the house of Haman. It's taller than 50 cubits. Hang him, period. Now it's interesting, Harbona is not the great tzaddik he is sort of portrayed as is here. Harbona, the Medrash tells us, was one of the original advisors of Haman who told him to build the gallows. Now he sees which way the wind is blowing. He switches sides, Harbona is. He does it for his own advantage. But he's performing a valuable service, which is why, if you will remember when we sing Shoshanas Yaakov after the Megillah, it says Baruch um, Mordechai and Baruch Esther, but the last sentence is Gam Charbona Zachur Latov. We also remember Charbona for performing a valuable service. And so the king, without hesitation, says, Hang him. He has prepared it for Mordechai, the Hamas Hamelech Shachva. And the anger of the king has abated. There is one uh, medrash that's very interesting, that at one point it says, Vayomar, twice, Ahasuerus says to Esther, um, like, who is doing this? So the medrash tells us um, that he speaks, the king, Ahasuerus, speaks to a maturgamon, an interpreter. So he is speaking to Esther, the first Vayomar, into... Um, an interpreter. The king used a, a, an interpreter, one, to perhaps monitor his own speech to get it correct, or two, it might have been the loftiness of the king. You don't speak to someone directly or address him. So he starts with an interpreter, but he ends up speaking the second Vayomar directly, because in their conversation, it has now come out that she is Jewish. Not only is she Jewish, but she is a descendant of Shaul, of King Saul, a direct descendant, and therefore she is Malchus. And the king realizes that, respects it, and now dispenses with the Maturgamon. How does she, where would the idea that she's a descendant of Shaul come in this story? It's, How do we know that? Medrash. It's the Medrash. Okay. She tells him that she's not only Jewish, but she is of Jewish birth, and it's true. Mordechai is a descendant of Saul, she's a descendant of Saul. So, the Melech changes his tune, they hang 
come on on the thing and the anger abates. And the answer, the uh, Medrash also says um, that the Hamas HaMelech Shachva, the anger is of the Kodesh Baruch Hu as well, abates because now Haman is gone. However, we see that there is still a lot to be done because there are three more prokim. There are a lot of obstacles to overcome now, as we're going to see with the proclamation and the fighting and the killing of Persians and the revenge against Haman's house. So we've got a little way to go on this, but Haman has met his just desserts, as it were. In Mirz Hashem, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow, we will go through the rest of these obstacles that face the Jewish people. And no I- shit on Friday.